everybody and welcome to what is, where I am, a very wet, disgusting eighth week. And the eagle-eyed among you will have noticed that um, we didn't actually get round to releasing an episode last week. And that is because the two people I'm getting on this week, so Philip, who's coming on today, Philip Hutchison in second year, and I finally convinced my co-producer, is that, I think that's what you'd call it, my... Yes, my co-producer Rufus is finally going to come on. Um, And they both couldn't do last week. So you're getting a double whammy this week. And so I don't really know when we're going to release these. Maybe this one will be released sooner. Or we'll release them both on Sunday for a massive end of term whack. Um, Because I hope you're all kind of doing okay. We are here in eighth week. It is... It's currently Wednesday that I'm recording this. Um... It feels like it's been a long term, and I'm sure that is a feeling that many people share. Um, But we've got through it, and next time, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back. Um, But anyway, I will get on, I will go and find Philip, and we will get on with today's episode. So, hello, Philip. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on this, as we were just discussing, pretty disgusting day. It's really rank here. How are you? Keeping well. Glad it's near the end of term. So glad Honestly. the vacation's coming. It's a good time. The vacation yeah. when revision can begin. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's the um, peak bit of the life of Oxford, but you know, know, we love it really. Do you, does PPE have exams end of second year? No, we don't. Um, so so you have I nothing do get to... the summer off, which will be bliss. Enjoy the COVID free summer. Who knows what will happen? Um, yeah, if anyone has ideas for wild adventures, hit me up. So, wild you know. adventures? Yeah. You know. As in going for adventures in the wild? Yeah, or all, yeah. I'll leave it open. Uh, oh, I so, see. Yeah. Wow. So. I see what you're doing. It's, yeah, okay. We'll just, I'll just move, in, let's move along, shall we? Um, <laughs> right. Quick fire questions. Are you ready, Philip? Let's go. He's ready. He looks ready. Not that you guys can see him, but he looks like a... Yeah, anyway, let's go. Okay, number one. <laughs> Favourite member of staff? A difficult one. I, it is, mm. but um, Chris from the bar. Oh, I'm not Can't sure we've wait. ever had him before. Ever, anyone ever say him? Really? Wow. I know. Yeah, interesting, but yeah, I do miss Chris. Just, <sighs> you know... Spectacular times. Um, yeah. None of his arms are broken yet, which is also good. His arms are broken? He, um, yeah, there was almost an event one term where he fell over. It was, yeah, wasn't good. But I broke his arms? Yeah. No, no, almost. Almost. Okay. But it's all good. I've never heard... I'm not sure why I mentioned it, just, you know, Just like a there. niche reference for the people involved. You mm. know who you, I've no I yeah. was that during the like whole drama of when your year just went a bit nuts. Was it that? Was it that? Was it that time? I don't know when that was. Oh, you do! Possibly. Don't Possibly. give me that bollocks. God, that doesn't that feel so long ago? It does another lifetime ago, honestly. When the yeah. biggest, when our biggest problem was the then freshers, like that was, and now look at us. It's all in perspective. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah it makes you realise. 
come full circle. It's great, isn't it? Okay. Okay, Chris Barman, good first answer. Okay, next one. Favourite place in college? Bit of a rogue one, but... Yeah, it's a bit rogue. Mm. I mean, it's similar to the last one, but the bar, you know, the freshers haven't seen it yet. But, you know, Friday night bar, I do miss it. So, we'll be back, you know. Mm. It was a good vibe in there. When it wasn't... When it didn't go too far... Yeah. It was always a good vibe, and I enjoyed it very much. Bit of a weird bar, though. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's still a bar. Mm. So, not every college has a bar. So, Does it, uh, do they not? That, I might be wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, I have this on facts. Just, yeah, making stuff up here. What am I doing? <laughs> it's all right. It's only recorded forever. Yeah. You know, Immortalised. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I do like... Have you ever... What's your other college bars do you like in different colleges? Oh, you see, I only got two terms of visiting other college True. bars. So oh. I've not seen that many. Mm. Um, what's that? Is a good one? Pretty decent. Yeah, I have that. Um, I think I've seen it, but not been in it. Worcester's pretty nice, though, so it's probably going to be nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. a nice college. So. I'm trying to think yeah. of what other ones. Hartford, I don't know if you've ever been there, but once we're out of no, lockdown, go to Hartford it. Bar. It's very nice. They have, like, flashing lights and signs. Oh, wow. Mm, I know. It was quite a... What's the word? Stimulating. When you, was, is that what I mean? When you, like, walk in a place and you feel very, like... Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> he has no idea what. Where I'll... <laughs> so, um, yeah. For a really exciting experience. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Um... Yeah. Okay, now moving from topic of bar, but kind of linking because bar, bars sometimes term serve food. It's not really a link. Um, yeah, farthings are right. other favourite place in the world. Yeah. What if you could walk into Farthings right now, on a what day is it? Wednesday? Oh, no, Thursday. Wednesday is a Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday. What, yeah, yeah. What would you What would you go for? What would be your go to order? Hmm. Keeping it relatively simple, but avocado bagel, Ooh. you know, just love, can't go wrong with a bit of avocado, mm. you know, spices mm. everything up, mm. so, um, mm. yeah. And would you have yeah, a favorite. seeded or unseeded bagel? Get a bit healthy, you know, a bit seeded. But some seeds, um, mm, I like yeah. that. i tell you actually what works well. Oh, go on uh, is if you ever put a few like chili flakes as well on the avocado Ooh. bagel. Uh, that really does spice it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like because yeah. it does because the avocado. Not that I'm any culinary genius, but it's quite like a. I don't know what you'd call that. It's quite like mellow, isn't it? It's quite like a chilled yeah, out I'm, flavor. Yeah, not a culinary genius either. So. Oh, sure I don't believe that for yeah. a second, Philip. Oh uh, no, definitely not. Um, yeah. Worst cook of Gab, Staircase Three, very famously. So. Um, Do you think yeah, what's what's yeah. your what's your like signature mi- meal that you would prepare? Signature. I just eat a lot of curry to be honest. Yeah. Just overindulging curry. No, I hate so, that. Yeah. That's cooking though. That's not like I thought you were gonna be like beans. Yeah. Well, it's thing is I cook it simply. So. Yeah. So. Oh, do you just get like a do you get like a paste like a ready-made one? Not that yeah, I well, sometimes, to be honest, if I'm really lazy, just even a jar, which is really, you know, really... Still, though, I still yeah. feel like it could be worse. 
it could be. Um, I'm not sure how much that works, but there we go. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, and final one, which is, I can't really think of a link to seamlessly link these two questions together, but yeah. one of the things we've been missing out on a lot, well, okay, here's a link, here's a link, the bar, farthings, and also Pembroke traditions, which we all love, and I realise yeah. you probably haven't done some of them because of Trinity last year, but of the ones you know, what is your favourite Pembroke tradition? Well, so one I did enjoy a lot, Actually happened this time last year, roughly. Darts contest. Oh, nice, nice. I'm not good at darts. um, But, you know, it was a good fun. Good fun Mm. night. So, Mm. freshers next year, got that to look forward to. It was really fun. Yeah, everyone got involved. How far did you get in it? I didn't... See, I didn't even sign up because I didn't even hear... I just go with the flow, go where people go. Didn't even find out about (laughs) it until too late. So, you didn't do it? No, but I was there, you know. <laughs> I was there. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. I seem to... I, I didn't sign up for it either. And then I remember going like you did to watch. And then I can't remember who dropped out. Someone dropped out. And it ended up with me being put in. So I had, like, some random person's, like, walk-on song. I think I beat, like, three people. I think I got quite far. I'm not good at darts. I know, but thank you. So, yeah, no. You know, stats don't lie. So I like this scientific yeah. minds. So, stats don't lie. I am a darts genius. So watch out next year, everyone. Yeah, next year. And you're going to enter as well next year. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. You know, okay. I know it's happening. I've got a whole year to sign up. So have you been training? Uh, I've not. But you should, I should be. Yeah, not got a darts board at home, but you know, once once I'm out of lockdown. You're getting there. there. I wonder so. what else. Coordination, I feel. Hand-eye coordination, I feel like that's your key. Your wrist strength. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you train for darts. Yeah, I'm sure there's some Pembroke experts. All, um, yeah, yeah. definitely. Inevitably, there will be. So. <laughs> okay, well, on that wonderful note, we will round off that section there. And we're back. We're here. And we're going to be having... Well, m- most of you will know... Uh, you are our environment rep, aren't you? I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had a complete mind blank. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew that. But you were yeah. known by many, most people, many people that know you as like environment man. Of yeah. Yes. Um. Sorry, that was a very. I. That was no. not. That was not the. It was not a very smooth introduction. I'm sorry. You'd think I'd get better at these, but. No. All good. All a lie. But we are going to be having a chat today about your kind of environmental activism and your yeah. that kind of work. Okay, so uh, we will crack on with it. Uh, so when did you, like, first become involved in or, like, interested? So, like, I suppose before you get involved, you have to become interested in environmental stuff. So when did that first, when did that first happen for you? Yeah, so probably, probably about 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I didn't actually, like, naturally care that much about the mm, environment growing up um mm. i actually grew up next to a dog restaurant which is quite a mad fact a dog um, restaurant yeah so i grew up in china so oh, like shit. the environment wasn't like really something on my radar yeah um, okay. until like bit mid-teen sort of thing okay. and That's like i'd always like growing up overseas kind of cared about like international poverty yeah like international conflict like they were the yeah. sort of things i was like you know yeah like 
really, you know, passionate about and mm, sort of stuff. Mm, mm. And then about like when I was 15, 16, like looking more and more into these issues, I just mm. like discovered essentially that we can't solve these issues if we allow climate change to get worse, if we mm. don't tackle the environment catastrophe mm. that's happening. Mm. And so basically that was when I really started to be like, oh, this is something worth knowing more about. This mm. is something worth caring about. This is something worth acting about. Mm. Um, saw Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth in School. Nice. Classic. The very, very and, classic. Um, yeah. It was just like, you know, hit. Um, yeah, it kind of pierced the heart. It was like yeah. how we let this yeah. happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And basically, because of that, just got more and more involved. Mm. And I think the other thing is as well is I saw it as a way I could make a big difference because yeah. like a lot of issues in the world, it's actually quite hard to be like, well, that's happening over there. Yeah. How do I? Quite like removed a from a lot of them. Yeah. Mm. But with the environment, it's like I might not be able to stop the war in Syria, mm. but I can actually impact whether future conflicts are more or less likely to happen. Yeah. Or like yeah. whether species around the world are going to die or not. Like that's mm. a lot of power. Mm. So mm. it's a very practical way of me actually being able to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's super interesting that you came into it from like a social kind of side. Because I think a lot of the time people, well, at least I remember when I was in school and you kind of learn about environmental issues, a lot of the time people, it's weird, they almost separate social and environmental issues. And they're like, oh no, I don't care. I care more about the starving children. Like, I know that's a very like, and that kind of like, I care about the social issues, but. I don't really care about the environmental, I'd rather help people. And that was yeah. something that always, well, has always really confused me because they're, they're, they're the same thing. Yes. I'm like, but it's, yeah. who do you think is being most impacted by environmental problems? It's the people that need the kind of social help, the people that are yeah. in poverty, the people in these like poorer communities, like that's where it's going first. Yeah. So you have Absolutely. to, so they're together. And I know you can't yeah. do it all, but yeah. Yeah. I like, if we don't tackle the environmental issues, we're actually, we'll lose decades of advances we've made on the social issues. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, animals matter as well. Um, yeah, well, we so, are animals. This is what I always uh, say. I know I'm a biologist, yeah. but we are animals. Yeah, it's completely true. So, Like, yeah. remo- removing us, I always think removing ourselves from that, like, title is mm. a dangerous thing because... Yeah. I don't know, because we are, we're part of it all, aren't we? And it's, you want to, in, it's this integration of human stuff and environmental stuff, which is yeah. like quite a big movement at the moment, moment isn't it? Like that's quite a yeah, yeah, big yeah. thing people are pushing for. Yeah, mm. massively. Mm. And it makes us remember how interconnected we are. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, we can't survive without yeah. the rest of it. Like no matter how yeah. many fast cars or big skyscrapers or cool phones we make. It's not going to happen. It's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, We all need to play our part. Otherwise, you know. We're all all buggered, as my dad would say. (laughs) Nice. So, since coming to Oxford, what kind of stuff have you been like? Are you involved in like societies? Again, people that are like friends with you on Facebook and stuff might have seen some things you've been involved with here. But what kind of things have you done since, since coming to uni? Yeah, so been involved in quite a few different of the Oxford climate groups. So um, the first thing, uh, a bit 
my second term of Oxford, there was an occupation in St. John's. So I was part of that occupation. Um, We were pressurising the college to divest from fossil fuels. Mm, mm. So that was there for five nights. It was a lot of fun. What what was the key feature of that? You're missing out a key detail about that, that one. There was quite a cool thing about that protest, was there not? Well, so we were occupying the front quad. Mm. So, um, oh! Yeah, he says no idea. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. I don't know how I forgot it's okay, this. It's okay. we just because I remember. Boat. It was yeah, so cool. Yeah, to the front quad of St. John's, which was a big operation, actually, because, mm. you know, St. John's don't exactly want a boat on their front quad. How did you get so, it in? Did you have to, like, so, airlift it in or something? Like, or like go in the cover genius. of night. The boat actually was built in different parts. Oh, and then so it was built, put together in St John's, oh. because we realised it was too big to get. Like the porters would just stop us. Yeah, They'd yeah, see yeah. It on cameras. Yeah. So people brought in different sections, and then Smart. put it together in the college itself. So they couldn't stop us. So it's so had, the look of glee on your face. They couldn't stop us. <laughs> It was yeah, really no cool though. So yeah, it was mm. very cool. Mm. It was a bit. It was a shame. So St John's locked the gates, which meant the media couldn't get in. So oh, we shit. had to rely on our own photos. So unfortunately, mm. not many people were actually allowed to see it. Mm. But um, mm. it was there. There's still photos. Still of cool it, though. So yeah, I was going to say I've definitely seen photos of it, as you can tell. Yeah. So. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. so very cold five nights. Yeah. <laughs> All worth and so what, what, was that with a particular society or was that like a join it? Was that like a collaboration between different ones? That was with direct action for divestment. Okay. Okay. Um, dad. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> the acronym. Um, yeah, so they did that. And then I also do work with the Oxford Climate Justice Campaign mm, who mm. do wider work um, within Oxford based on divestment. Mm. Um, we managed to get Oxford to divest fully from fossil fuels in April. Oxford? Year. The whole of Oxford? Yeah, so three what? and a half billion, actually four billion now, four billion pounds out of fossil fuels. What? So that was an incredible campaign to work on. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, it was incredible to be part of that. Mm, mm. Um, it's worth saying, so colleges still have their own investments. Okay, so, okay, so it was the univ... Yes, because that always confuses me, you have like the university yeah. and then... But there are colleges. Yes. There was one recently didn't that divest that divested fully, yes. wasn't there? Was it Somerville? Somerville. Oh, yeah, good, look at that yeah, knowledge. Yeah, on it, so. mm. Which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And Pembroke, not yet. Yeah. No, uh, not yet. But we're working on it. <laughs> hint, <so>. hint. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyone mm. here listening? So uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm mm. hopeful though. Yeah. No, I think so. It's going, it feels like the divestment campaign is going in the right direction. Yeah. Definitely. I think, yeah, we are, we're winning now. I mean, most institutions are now divesting. Yeah. It's more, if you've not divested now, it's very much why haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So we just need the faster institutions divest, the faster we have to work on climate change. So yeah. just need it to be as fast as possible. Really. And you, it's kind of a like a, positive feedback isn't it once you get more divestment then people like companies start recognizing like where the money is going because that is one sure way to like get investment in the right place is if 
people aren't putting money into fossil fuels and that kind of industry, then you're going in the right direction, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, Mm. and it's a lot of the change that's happened in the last year, Mm. you can attribute to things like divestment. So, Mm. I mean, Mm. fossil fuel companies are still doing a lot of dodgy stuff as well, so I'm not justifying them here. But there have been some big moves in the last year. Mm. So, like, Mm. BP... um, have agreed to cut their carbon footprint by 40% by 2030. Which I is mean, pretty big. That's still a lot of carbon, but yeah. it's a step. Yeah. So we've got a lot more to do, but yeah. Um, yeah. things are starting to yeah. move. And so when we're talking through this, there are like lots of different ways that that people try and convey like environmental, like environmental messages. Um, yes. What... I mean, these are just like your opinion. Obviously, you're not going to know like the ultimate answers. But what do you yeah. consider important when you're trying to... Because things can be quite... It's difficult because there's this push at the moment where you have more... And like in conservation as well, so not just in like fossil fuel stuff, where people are going more of kind of optimism. And there's this big push yeah. for like conservation optimism rather than this like very negative um, message, which is kind of characterized campaigns up to this point but what do you think is really is like the most important things when you're trying to convey environmental messages to people yeah also i'm aware there's a siren in the background so i'm sorry oh, it's all right. you can't really hear it that much okay That's nice. yeah so um yeah i a big believer in hope yeah. uh, and the message of hope mm. like i think we do have to like we can't let that make us forget mm. the terror we are in the situation and how scary it is Mm. and how much we do have to do to change Mm. but i think hope motivates people to act Mm. if we can believe that there is a better world that's possible Mm. when we do believe that things can change Mm. then it inspires us to change Mm. um Mm. so i think when we communicate about the environment we can never lose sight of that and it is very scary Mm. because it was (laughs) difficult because like we're trying to deal with this issue in which so much of life on earth is at risk. Yeah. And so it is very hard to say, talk about hope uh, mm. often when you're trying to convey the seriousness of the issue. Mm. But I think, I guess one of the things I often think about is like when we talk about what hope is, mm. like it's too late to have hope that climate change won't happen climate yeah. change already is <laughs> too late happening. mate like, it's happened it's happening yeah yeah, yeah. like mm. species have already been lost like mm. that's horrific we have to realize that mm. but at the same time regardless of what happens regardless of what we've already enabled to happen mm. there's still going to be life there's still yeah. going to be friendship there's still going <laughs> to be yeah. family yeah. and yeah. those are things we're fighting for yeah and we can fight for those things to be better than they would have been otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they're not things worth giving up for. That yeah. So we can have hope in that. It might be a different world in lots of mm. ways, mm. but that doesn't mean it can't be a world without mm. hope. Mm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. It is a difficult message to communicate. Yeah. Though, it is so hard. It's, it's getting that balance between, as you say, like conveying. No, this is serious. Like this isn't a joke. Yeah. And especially yeah. with when, when kind of conveying messages to like leaders and kind of policymakers, you want that you want them yeah. to check. You're like now, yes, <laughs> right now, <laughs> not tomorrow, yeah. not next week, now. Yes. Um, 
But also, if you're too negative and too, like, we're doomed. It's all, it's all gone. Yeah. It's all gone to shit. Whenever then people yeah. won't, like, people don't respond to that. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You've got to balance. You've got to say like, this is what's happening. It's awful, but we yeah. can still kind of create a, like a new relationship with the world and still yeah. build a future worth having. You know what I mean? Completely. Mm. It is that balance of seeing the harm we've created and also our potential to do good if yeah. we act now. But, yeah, 100%. Yeah, tricky one. 100%. And speaking of acting, so this is a kind of, I realise this is like the the like eternal question of kind of environmental stuff, of is yeah. of like kind of institution versus individual, like high level, up, bottom up, top down, that kind of thing. But do kind of building on from your message of hope, people listening to this and I'm sure most people are kind of aware of some things they can do but what on an individual level do you think are like the key ways people can can make a difference yeah so there's essentially three very big things people Mm. can do that probably cut about 60 percent of their individual carbon footprint mad and Mm. um it's worth saying um on the individual versus systemic issue Mm. um like, I fully believe systemic change has to come. Yeah. But also, Agreed. individual change actually motivates us yeah. to seek systemic change. So they yeah. actually interrelate. The same th- they're almost the, not the same thing, but they go together, don't yeah. they? Mm. Yes. Um, but yeah, in terms of individual changes, um, the first, yeah, bang on about it, but food yeah. um, is a massive source of methane, especially, but also carbon dioxide. Mm. And so just wherever possible, eating less meat, I'm aware it's a hard thing. Mm. Um, it took me a long transition, mm. but um, <laughs> yeah, it is one of the biggest ways we can make a difference. Mm. Um, mm. The other is our electricity. Mm. So um, where, yeah, this depends if you control the electricity or not, but something we're thinking about for those of you who have flats outside of Pembroke, Mm. moving into flats outside of Pembroke mm. next year because maybe you're graduating or mm. getting a house mm. is which energy tariff you use mm. it's just actually a really simple way mm. of saying every month where my bills go will mm. go to somewhere that's helping the planet rather yeah. than destroying the planet rather than yeah, <laughs> yeah mm. really creates like that demand for change mm. Mm. and then the other thing is uh, travel so Mm. The other massive cause of emissions today, especially in the UK, mm. is how we travel, mm. uh, especially cars and mm. planes, mm. the big two. So, mm. yeah, wherever you can, um, getting a train rather than a car. So, like, when I return to Oxford, I now try and, like, just use the train mm. and, like, leave as much stuff as I can there. Mm. Um, I'm aware that's sometimes easier than others. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah but things like that and like Mm. reducing flying so yeah those three things can actually make a massive difference Mm. um to your individual carbon footprint Mm. so uh, definitely worth doing Mm. i think those are really good and they're kind of they're things that it's like it's a like a continuum isn't it you don't need to never eat meat again for the rest of your life you don't need to never go on a plane but it's that kind of slowly cutting it back and like yeah. actively choosing to use those more environmentally friendly options makes a big difference yes. if everyone does it yeah yeah yeah. Mm. In, yeah it's the way to like 
create the change. So, yeah. and even on like the meat thing, even transitioning from like beef to chicken, yeah, actually yeah. makes a massive yeah. difference. Yeah. So, um, and it's less intimidating as well, isn't it, when it's like that? Yeah. Because I think if, when yeah. people hear like, be vegeta- be a vegan now, you're they're just yeah. like, no. I know my brothers would not respond to that, but if you say, right, we're gonna have, like, a meat-free this and a meat like a couple of meat-free days a week, and we're gonna swap this meat for the, it makes a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like mm. the first time I transitioned, I literally just decided one meal a week would be veggie. Mm. That was it. Mm. And then gradually over time, kept pushing it. Yeah. So yeah, bit by bit. Mm. I like that. That's really good. Thank you. That's been a. I very much enjoyed that environmental chat. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Well, it's years of um, activism, so yeah, glad it was of some use. <laughs> okay, so here we are. Section three. It always it comes so fast, you know? Time flies. Yeah. Mm. And is. as, well, regular listeners will know by now, this is the bit where I just, I hand over the reins to my special guest and they take the topic wherever they want to go. So, Philip, what have you brought for us today? Well, I've actually got a choice. So it's Ooh, okay, okay. Well, I've got spice it up a bit. So the first is um, two years ago, I was um, worked in Burundi for a while. So, uh, Ooh, cool. about that. So, cool. in Central Africa. Mm. Uh, all the other I thought might be interest is when growing up, so I grew up in uh, China and Hong Kong, so both mm. international. But... Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I'd let you decide. Oh, that's hard. That's put me on the spot. Um, tell you what, <laughs> let's, let's do... You don't have any preference? No, nah, I have to go with either. Okay. Let's... Can we chat about Hong Kong? Because weird, funny yeah. link is my parents actually met there. Oh, when wow. they were They were in... You know the Gurkhas? Yeah. Yeah, so they were both in the Gurkhas. They were officers in the Gurkhas, and they so they lived in Hong Kong for. Not that I know that much about it, but okay. so yeah. it'd be interesting to hear about. So let's go with Hong Kong, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, love Hong Kong. So yeah, still part of yeah my home. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I grew up in Hong Kong for five years. So mm-hmm. from when I was five to when okay. I was ten, mm-hmm. um, I grew up in a place called Kowloon City. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very much like traditional Hong Kong, Mm. as it were. So Mm. Hong Kong's a very, it was a British colony Mm -hmm. for 100 years or Mm so, Mm -hmm. uh, just over 100 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kowloon City was um, kind of, yeah, very non-white, essentially. Um, There was a place in it called the Ward City, Mm -hmm. which used to be this area of land where... Mm law wasn't administered by the British or by the Chinese. And so it essentially just became this massive free-for-all. Um, where How does that work? Well, it didn't. No? Okay, it, um, okay. <laughs> it was a, yeah, just complete den of, like, crime. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, without law, essentially. Mm, mm. Um, but when I moved to Hong Kong, well, it was 2004, Okay. So, um, before England gave that back to China, mm. um, essentially China demanded they sort this out, mm-hmm. um, this issue. So that mm-hmm. whole area had actually been taken down mm, and okay. essentially turned into a giant park. But okay. I lived opposite where the um, park 
That's so it's, cool. So, uh, so that was essentially home mm, uh, for mm, me. Mm. It was the world I knew. I mm. lived in China before that, so I didn't really know okay. England at okay. all, despite being ethnically English. Mm, mm. So, yeah. So, and absolutely had a great time there. Mm. The food, incredible. Mm, uh, mm. People are just completely generous mm. and amazing culture. Mm. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, the perfect place, I think, mm. on Earth to grow up. Mm. Incredible mm. nature. Mm. Um, so interesting. Very modern city. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I went to a local school. I was just about um, to ask, yeah, so school. So what was that? Yeah. How does that compare to, like, here and what? Like, what is it like going to school there? Yeah, actually, I should clarify. It wasn't quite a local school. So okay. in China, I went to state school, okay. which was quite interesting. Okay. I just had the red scarf. <laughs> Mm. and wake up each morning saluting the Chinese national anthem, um, which is quite mad. Yeah, that um, is mad. feels mad. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a white British person listening yeah. to that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the school I was in in Hong Kong, Hong Kong speaks Cantonese rather than Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So at that time, all these state schools uh, spoke in English. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, Cantonese. Okay, yeah, I was going to say it was like... So, <laughs> Yeah, mm. <laughs> got that the wrong way around. Um, yeah, so we actually went to essentially the cheapest English school we could find, okay. which so it was very much like a local school actually, but mm. basically just English rather than Cantonese. Okay, but education was very different. Yeah, um, from the age of about six, I was being given like three to four hours homework at night. A night. It, yeah. No wonder you ended up here. Oh my god. <laughs> it was That's pretty insane. insane. But um yeah, I mean it did me well. Yeah. I mean but, Yeah. Especially um yeah, to be honest, I'm severely dyslexic and mm. like because of that they were like, Well, if you're struggling behind, we're just going to keep you in school longer. Which is you know, it's an interesting way of doing education. Yeah, it's an approach. But, <laughs> it's yeah, a method. <laughs> yeah, it has its upsides, mm. which is, you know, yeah, it meant I did all right mm, out of things. Mm, so, mm. Um, yeah, so that was quite different. Mm. Um, yeah, I was also, so I was not the only white person. Uh, mm-hmm. So there were me and there were two, uh, yeah, white people in my year, mm-hmm. which... How, how big was I your think, year? So, it's hard to remember, maybe 80 or so. Okay. So... Yeah, which I think is an interesting one coming then to England mm. um, because essentially the move to a country that is technically yours in terms of you belong, yeah. um, but which you kind of don't really relate to necessarily. Yeah, mm. at that mm. time mm. was quite mm. an interesting one. It's mm. uh, very much related to Hong Kong culture mm. as in many ways my primary culture at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And still is in many ways like when like I see the protests in Hong Kong yeah. like situation in Hong Kong now, which is quite um desperate yeah, as it were. It is um, yeah. yeah, very much my heart goes mm. out. And do you so, do you do you still have like friends there and stuff that are involved that are still kinda of, that are like living through all that stuff? Yeah, so um I see it on Facebook and mm. stuff. So when 2014, there was Occupy Central, mm-hmm. so tons of Hong Kongers 
um, occupied, which is basically the main finance centre in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Where, like, many of the world's biggest banks basically operate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was seeing, like, them sharing stuff of them being there and, like, helping out. Mm. And I think that that was quite moving for me because, mm. like, here I was living this relatively comfortable life yeah. in complete freedom. Yeah. And people my age at that point, 15, 16, yeah. were giving everything mm. um, to see the place they loved free. Which, That's crazy. Yeah. It's quite, like, yeah, weird thing to be like, I grew up there, but also... Mm, mm. Like, but it's very, like, um, it's quite... It gives a lot of perspective, doesn't it? That so much that we take for granted here, which I think also with um, COVID stuff, I know I know it's a different kind of loss of freedom, but I, for a lot of people, like, they just kind of two or however long, like a year ago, they would never have imagined, like, that, that loss of freedom would be possible yeah. here. And yet for people in places like Hong Kong, like, that's the reality of, like, as you say, like, people our age or, uh, like, 15-year-old, like, what, like, and it's crazy. Yeah, It's yeah. crazy. Like, we, mm. Yeah, completely. Mm. Like, I find, so Joshua Wong, who's one of the um, leaders mm. of the protest movement in mm. Hong Kong, along with some others, like, Angus Chow, who's very phenomenal, mm, mm. Um, have now gone to, like, jail, um, and basically, my never leave jail yeah um and they're 23 24 22 it's just their life and, gone isn't it yeah but they've chosen many of those um have chosen to stay and fight obviously yeah. um which is just huge yeah to make that sort of sacrifice mm. it's just incredible mm. so it's just sac- sacrificing everything for yeah. the freedom of like your your where you live and your people isn't it it's, which is it's yeah. just seems like so far from the kind of comfortable life that many people not that there aren't struggles here as well but it's seems very it can seem very far away can't it for people that have never that have no experience of it which is so cool that you have that link yeah i mean Mm. yeah i left before really all that happened yeah yeah as a westerner yeah i have even living there had uh privilege it being a former colony yeah yeah. the way you know all that stuff yeah. history ties in yeah so yeah certainly can't say you know it's a very different experience to me in many yeah. senses still. yeah no of course but, um, yeah mm. but still you have more understanding of it than a lot of other western people do yeah i guess yeah mm. having lived there i mean absolute privilege of my life to have yeah. grown up there mm. really mm. um mm. yeah just yeah people I don't know why, but just a very generous culture there I mm. experienced. That's really um, interesting. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure why that's different. Mm. But um, obviously people are people. But mm. Mm. It yeah. is, It's so cool having like, I feel like when you talk to anyone that's lived in like different places or even just kind of visited different different countries or different places for any extended length of time, obviously yours was... A very like you lived there for a long time mm. but it's so interesting how like different the kind of maybe vibe is to like a colloquial word but you know what i mean like the, the kind of the feel yes. of a place is so different and it's mm. so interesting and it's so how like you can say like these kind of these people or this like group of people are so 
as you say in this case so generous it's like that kind of very culturally like deep ingrained thing and it's so interesting I always find that fascinating about different places yeah it is and yeah I guess it's it's very mad because I guess like how does that develop like yeah uh, like what have been the causes why yeah. maybe like in the west would become more individualistic um, <laughs> mm, so, and, and yeah. now we're just expanding out and out into <laughs> into many many questions which we can't answer oh yes yeah <laughs> that's been so long. interesting is there anything else you'd like to kind of end on either about that or just i mean anything before we yeah before we say goodbye to you <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i'll never miss another opportunity to tell people you know, the climate needs you. So, yeah. <laughs> anything to do, mm. you want to get involved. Mm. There's lots to get involved in Oxford. Yeah. Um, yeah, whether that's Pembroke or wider Oxford stuff. Mm. But it's been great to chat. Yeah, it's so, been great. Thank I've you so it. much for coming on. It's been really no, good. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, to doing these. So, it's been a great time. Yeah, so, excellent. So, there you have it, Philip Hutchinson. That was really, really, really interesting. And I was just chatting to Philip after we finished recording and talking about how I mean to be fair for like both the second sections but section three particularly I've really really enjoyed doing that this term and it's just so cool that people can kind of bring a topic that they're super interested in or something like a really cool experience they've had as in Philip's case um and talk about it in a way that you just like, I wouldn't probably stop Philip in Chapel Quad and say, hey, Philip, tell me about your childhood in Hong Kong. And yet this has kind of opened that, opened those conversations up and it's been really, really interesting. Um, and so a big, big thank you to Philip, as as always, when people come on. Um, and as I said at the beginning, we are also having an, an episode with Rufus this week, which... I don't know when I'm going to do that. We don't know when we're going to release them. It's a, But I suppose when you hear this, you'll know because it will have been released. So I will stop talking about that now. Um, but yes, I hope you all enjoyed that. And I will speak to you in this case very soon with another episode. <laughs>